This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. The revelations have been shocking. Breaking news tonight involving Fox News and owner Rupert Murdoch acknowledging under oath that Fox News hosts endorsed false election fraud claims. In the aftermath of the 2020 presidential election in the United States, Donald Trump and his lawyers claimed the election had been stolen and that Dominion voting machines had been rigged. According to newly released court documents from a landmark defamation case against Fox News, some senior Fox News figures, including Rupert Murdoch, knew that these claims of voter fraud were false, but the network aired them anyway. This trial in the United States could have implications for another defamation case in Australia, where Fox Corporation CEO Lachlan Murdoch is suing independent news outlet Crikey. This Australian case will test a new defamation defence that's meant to protect press freedom. Today, Fox News, two defamation lawsuits and false claims of election fraud. It's Tuesday, the 7th of March. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So Amanda, Lachlan Murdoch is suing for defamation in Australia, while the company he heads up, Fox Corp, are being sued for defamation in the United States by the voting machine company Dominion. Do these cases have much in common? Because on the surface, it sounds like they might. What they have in common really is just the events around the Capitol riots in the US. Amanda Mead is Guardian Australia's media correspondent and writes media diary, The Weekly Beast. We have breaking news for you out of Washington. And how much of a role Fox News played in inciting those riots. In the case overseas, we've got a big voting system company arguing that Fox News has defamed it and caused it massive loss. Dr Michael Douglas is a defamation lawyer and senior lecturer at the University of Western Australia Law School. And in the Australian case, we have an Australian media company arguing that Fox News is promulgating the big lie. The unfounded belief that the 2020 presidential election was rigged has become an important force in American politics. By especially in the giving effect to all these sorts of falsehoods. The big, big lie. And in the course of doing that, people involved in Crikey have called out Lachlan Murdoch in particular, the crown prince of the empire, who's now come back and, and sued them 
for having a go at him. And obviously the cases are really different, but the Australian case might end up considering what has happened in the US. There's a lot of big players in the the US case in particular. You've got, you know, the second largest seller of voting machines in the United States, and then you've got Fox News, obviously. Just looking at the attention that it's getting right now, I mean, how significant does this case seem to you, especially in regards to defamation cases historically? It's a really big deal for a number of reasons. It's a legally significant case in that it represents one of the rare opportunities in which a major news or media organisation has a real risk of substantial liability, despite the huge barriers that face defamation plaintiffs under US law. It's politically significant as well, and that it may provide some objective measure of the falsity underlying the big lie that continues to be spouted by the Republican Party over there. And it's significant also from my perspective as a person into Australian media law for its implications for Lachlan Murdoch's ongoing defamation battle against Crikey. So far, the trial in the United States is in early stages, but already some evidence has been released to the public that's making waves. You've got internal documents that appear to show some Fox presenters admitting in private that they didn't believe the election fraud claims that they were publicly promoting. Top Fox hosts like Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram privately trashed the Trump team. Rupert Murdoch has also admitted under oath that he didn't believe Trump's claims about the election being stolen, and yet he allowed his network to platform Trump lawyers who made those types of claims. Yes, they endorsed, is what Rupert Murdoch says. How unusual is it for the public to get this type of access into the inner workings of organisations like Fox? It's extremely unusual, which is what makes it so riveting. It's just all the little details that came out through the emails and the texts that just showed this incredibly rare insight into how they were thinking one thing privately and then broadcasting something quite different. It's a rare look at how the sausage is made, how the news is made. One legal expert that spoke to The Guardian said, this is a media defence lawyer's worst nightmare. Do you agree with that? How would you characterise the evidence so far? Yeah, probably. It's pretty extraordinary. You've got this evidence, which is pretty clear cut, showing that senior people at Fox were trying to keep their right wing base appeased with the big lie rather than actually doing what a news network is supposed to do. All that stuff together would be pretty good ammo to argue that Fox was actuated by actual malice, which means that it had a bad intent. And that's what Dominion will need to show in order to succeed in this case. You mentioned it's rare for companies like Fox to be sued in the United States for defamation. Can you elaborate on that? Why is that? Yeah, well, US defamation law is different to ours. First and foremost, in the United States, they have the First Amendment of their constitution protects all sorts of speech that would be not defensible under Australian law. So in Australia, we do have an implied freedom of political communication in our constitution, but it's not a personal right. It just limits the sorts of laws that the federal government can create that impact political expression. Whereas in contrast, in the US under the First Amendment, you have substantive protection for citizens' rights to express themselves. And we don't really have an equivalent of that over here. Another big difference is that in the US, a public figure suing in defamation needs to prove actual malice in order to succeed. We don't have um, an equivalent in our defamation law. 
And Australia is sometimes called the defamation capital of the world, or Sydney in particular is the defamation capital in the world. The US would be the polar opposite of that spectrum. Of course, the case still has to play out in court, but what could happen to the Murdoch empire and specifically Fox and their audience if the Dominion case is successful? Well, obviously there's that big $1.6 billion price tag that Dominion is suing for, but what it will do is really solidify the reputational damage to Fox News. Next, Crikey is sued for defamation by Lachlan Murdoch, but was their reporting in the public interest? Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Amanda, I want to pivot to the crikey defamation case in Australia. Can you tell me about the article that started all this? The article was written by veteran political reporter Bernard Keane and was headlined, Trump is a confirmed unhinged traitor and Murdoch is his unindicted co-conspirator. What Keane argued was that former US President Richard Nixon during the Watergate scandal was known as the unindicted co-conspirator. Keane suggested that the Murdochs, without naming Lachlan, the Murdochs and their, quote, slew of poisonous Fox News commentators, they were the unindicted co-conspirators, not in Watergate, but in the events of January 6. That is essentially what Lachlan Murdoch objected to. He sent a concerns notice and asked for it to be taken down. It was taken down very, very quickly. But then... Over a two-week period, as the letters went back and forth, Crikey decided to strategize over this and they reposted the article. Why did they repost the article, Amanda? What was their motivation there? Well, they decided that they weren't going to buckle because they had before, they had apologised to him for other articles and they decided that they were going to fight this one on the grounds that they should be able to make a, a comment about why those riots happened, that it was fair comment and it was in the public interest. So they decided to challenge Lachlan Murdoch to sue them And as part of that, they published open letters in the New York Times and they released all of the legal letters between Crikey and Murdoch. 
It's a pretty bold move to challenge the chair and CEO of one of the biggest media companies in the world to sue a small independent Australian media outlet. Why would they do that? It really is bold and people were very shocked at the time. We'll never know whether the crikey owners expected Lachlan to actually follow through, which he did, obviously. Lachlan is seeking damages for defamation because he says he's been gravely injured in his character, his reputation as a business person and a company director, and he's suffered substantial hurt, distress and embarrassment. So, Michael, what is Crikey and private media's defence to these claims from Murdoch? Well, Crikey and the Crikey respondents have a few different defences. One is called publication of matter in the public interest under Section 29A of the Defamation Act. Another one is that Lachlan Murdoch failed to suffer serious harm. Serious harm is a new part of Australian defamation law. It's in force through much of Australia, including in New South Wales, relevantly to this case. And it means that a person like Lachlan Murdoch cannot succeed unless they show that the publication caused them serious harm or was likely to cause them serious harm. So Crikey's defence, and and when I say Crikey, I mean the defence of all the people on that side, so that's the journo, the editor, so on. Their defence is that Murdoch hasn't actually suffered any harm and he wasn't going to. So the public interest defence has never been tested before in court. It's, it's quite new. Can you explain how it works and how it might be used in this case? Sure. So this is a defence that the media argued for specifically to defend cases where previously they were, they were getting found liable for things they thought were reasonably published, but they still had to pay a bunch of money. Mm. I think they're hoping that this defence will provide them with a shield that the previous law didn't. So the defence requires the defendant, so the media people here, to prove first that the matter, so the thing published, concerns an issue of public interest, and second, that they reasonably believed that the publication of the matter was in the public interest. Here, the first point isn't an issue. Murdoch has admitted that the underlying story is an issue of public interest. Okay, and what about reasonable belief? What types of things could determine what is reasonable belief? They'll look at two things. They'll say, first, what was the belief of each respondent? And secondly, was that belief reasonable? So as for what they believed, they'll look at things like oral evidence of each of the people involved, any text messages or emails that were sent at that time to try to suss out what they actually thought. Murdoch is going to argue, for example, that Crikey and the people behind the story were actuated by malice, which means they had a bad motive. Mm. Murdoch's arguing that the Crikey's republication of the story wasn't to advance the real public interest in scrutinising Fox or Murdoch, but instead was just an exercise in self-promotion to promote the Crikey brand. Amanda, Murdoch's lawyers have argued that Crikey were motivated by self-promotion promotion. And this is really essential to this public interest defence. How has this argument been received so far? Look, it was revealed during the process of discovery that Crikey had hired a marketing firm, which had recommended to them that they use the Lachlan Murdoch case to drive subscriptions. They were sharing the story. They were referring to the fact that they were being sued by Murdoch. 
and then saying, please donate to us, please subscribe to us, so on and so forth. That subsequent conduct may colour or, I guess, um, cast a shadow on the underlying motive of crikey. Perhaps all along this story wasn't actually there to, to do the right thing that the Forster State should be doing and, and speak truth to power, but perhaps instead it was about building the crikey brand as an opposition voice to the right-wing media, of which Lachlan Murdoch is a symbol. This was actually really successful. They made money out of it and they got hundreds of thousands of new subscribers. However, it hasn't played that well in terms of their defence, but it has been allowed to be part of the case going forward in the trial. Lachlan's people argue that they, quote, contrived a scheme to improperly use the complaint by Murdoch. And so far, they seem to have the documents to back this up. Crikey has confirmed to Guardian Australia that they're looking very closely at the evidence in the Dominion case in the United States. How can you imagine that evidence becoming relevant here? It'll feature into a number of the defences, including that new defence we spoke about, that is defence of publication of matter concerning an issue of public interest, in that in determining whether or not the belief of the publisher was reasonable, the court can look at all the circumstances of the case. And I guess the bona fides of the person doing the suing, so Lachlan Murdoch as part of the Fox empire, that is part of the circumstances that the court will have a look at. I think judges, they'll they'll follow the letter of the law, but they're also pragmatic people who, who want to see justice done. And it would be an unusual situation if in circumstances where Fox has effectively admitted it has lied that nonetheless Crikey would lack a defence under this new provision. The Dominion evidence has come just in the nick of time as Crikey is completing its defence. It's yet to be seen exactly how this Dominion case will play out in terms of the Australian case. As it stands, though, it doesn't seem like it can be part of it because what matters at the moment, as the case stands, is what Crikey knew and believed on that day in June. However, it is open to Crikey to amend its defence as long as the judge agrees that they can change it at this late stage. So we'll have to see what happens this week and how this all plays out at court. But let's look at the possible outcomes, Amanda. Some have estimated that the cost to Crikey could be in the millions if they lose this case. What would that mean for them as a business and also for Australian media? Well, I think it would be very sad if this case by Lachlan Murdoch caused an Australian media organisation to close down. But, you know, Crikey is not a big well-funded media organisation. They only have 11 people and that includes the production staff. So it's pretty tiny in comparison, obviously, to News Corp, but it's hard to see how they would survive if Lachlan Murdoch was to win this case. Michael, is it possible that Fox could lose their case in the United States but Lachlan Murdoch could win the defamation case in Australia even though these two cases are covering similar ground? Absolutely. In fact, that may be the most um, probable outcome here, <laughs> mm. which, is, which is pretty extraordinary. What does that say to you if that is the outcome? It says that Australian law is very different to the law in the United States 
it also shows that although Crikey's initial publication may have been reasonable, if that's all there was, the the events that followed, including the self-promotion, I think that wasn't a, a good look. In retrospect, if Crikey does lose this case, it'll be because of that sort of conduct, not because of the original article in isolation. Some have described it as a David versus Goliath battle and it has really attracted significant attention. Former Prime Ministers Malcolm Turnbull and Kevin Rudd have donated money to Crikey's defence and Turnbull has suggested that it's kind of hypocritical of the Murdochs to sue, especially given that Lachlan Murdoch himself has spoken about the importance of free speech in Australian media. What do you think of this idea, Amanda, that this case goes against a kind of core principle of the Murdoch news empire? Yeah, I think people were very shocked when Lachlan actually sued because his father, Rupert Murdoch, very rarely actually sues. News Corp in Australia has poured a lot of resources into a campaign called The Right to Know, which is lobbied against the defamation laws. And certainly in their own journalism, they push very, very hard. However, Lachlan's legal team has argued that just because he is who he is and very rich and all the rest of it doesn't mean that he can't defend his personal reputation. There's so many interesting elements to this case going forward, Amanda. What should people look out for? What can people expect in the coming months? Well, they've set down three weeks for the trial in October. It's been extended from 10 days to three weeks. Lachlan Murdoch has confirmed that he will be able to attend and will give evidence. I think people will be riveted to whatever he says in his testimony. And the bigger picture, of course, is around this discussion we've been having about defamation law and defamation law reform. The media will be watching very closely to see how the new public interest defence plays out and whether it is in fact strong enough to protect all the press freedoms that we have. That was Guardian Australia's media correspondent Amanda Mead and Dr Michael Douglas. You can read more about both these defamation cases at theguardian.com, including the latest on Crikey's amended defence. This episode was produced by Laura Briley-Newton, Miles Herbert and Camilla Hannan, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producer of this episode was Gabrielle Jackson. Okay, thanks for listening and catch you tomorrow. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.